sister Christina was still living in Korea, she mailed me a t-shirt from her church, Gospel City. It read, Jesus changes everything. It takes no thought to throw on a gray shirt after showering, but that phrase is meant to be whole life altering. Once upon a time, a friend of ours mentioned the happiest place on earth, and my sister Selena responded, the library. Yes, please. This morning, I interviewed to be a part-time library assistant at the Bartow Public Library. I was asked to recommend a book I had read recently. I flailed a bit, mostly because all of a sudden I was God-shy. I want to rectify that now. Every Good Endeavor, Connecting Your Work to God's Work is by Tim Keller. It features Catherine Leary Alsdorf, the then director of Redeemer Presbyterian Church's Center for Faith and Work. Redeemer, located in New York City, is home to mostly young, single professionals. I wouldn't know anything about that. Keller revisits the divine origin of work. Genesis 1. The Bible opens with God at work. In other ancient cultures, work was seen as degrading, beneath the gods, ergo the creation of humans as labor. But the God of Abraham is a God who enjoys work. He is a good God who does no evil. Therefore, work too must be good. It has been warped by the fall, but it is not a product of sin. God always intended for us to work. Life in the garden was not intended to be an endless vacation, but intentional cultivation. Sure, sure. But we don't live in Eden. We live in America. A.D. What does it mean to be a Christian in the workplace? Keller touches on the different philosophies. The Catholic Church taught that the only vocations involve vows and celibacy. Today, we might expand that to include nonprofits or other jobs that explicitly help people. The Reformers, and Keller as their ideological heir, insisted that all work was sacred. It's not what we do, but why we do it. Work to live, don't live to work. Ever heard that? Tim Keller and John Mark Comer, for what it's worth, vehemently disagree. We often think of work as a, merely a way to pay the bills, subconsciously a necessary evil. Perhaps one rung up, we might assume it's the way to fund the things we really care about. Our cultural tendency to live for the weekend and to long for retirement conditions us to assume that leisure is the aim of life. A friend of mine used to say her dream job was to be independently wealthy. She didn't want to have to work, but even really rich people need something to do. I heard it first from Ravi Zacharias, but he was quoting G.K. Chesterton. Meaninglessness does not come from being weary of pain. Meaninglessness comes from being weary of pleasure. The Greeks assumed that the physical world was illusory and evil, so they sought to transcend it. I find this interesting in light of their pantheon's favorite pastime. Aristotle went so far as to say that some people are born to be slaves if their bodies are strong but their minds are not. Might as well let them do the work so the elites can spend their time contemplating their way to enlightenment. Keller insists God is pro-physical. Nobody made him create the universe. It was his good initiative. It's noteworthy that God himself took on human flesh and that he resumed his body post-resurrection. Yes, he ascended. But there's no indication in scripture that we will be eternally disembodied. Nor is the afterlife, or as God calls it, life, to be idle. We will still work. As John said in John 5:17 in the Brian Study Bible, to this very day my father is at his work, and I too am working. 
we follow him to become like him. If he is not above worth, we certainly are not. Not now, not then, not here, not there. So we have to work. How do we work? What makes our work distinctly Christian? Is, enough to, is it enough to work hard and work well, to model integrity? Can we only work in Christian mediums? Do we have to constantly be evangelizing? Martin Luther claimed God feeds us by means of farmers. This seemingly obvious statement is actually significant. God has demonstrated in the past, in the garden, in the desert, in the sea, and on the mountain, that he can supernaturally provide for his people. But he chooses to have us work as the ordinary, i.e. usual, form of provision. The more fun corollary is that sex is the means by which God commands us to multiply. How many naps did Adam wake up from expecting a new neighbor? The good news, or perhaps the bad news, is that despite our cultural valuation of letters after our names and commas in our bank accounts, God is not necessarily concerned with our job titles or even our income. We may rank one another and defer to them based on such things, but God does not. He knows how he designed us and which opportunities have come our way. Work is important, but it is not identity. In fact, Christians are able to work excellently because we don't need it to validate ourselves. Tim Keller makes a point of saying that the fundamental fact of our lives is our relationship with God. That is what everything boils down to. I love my boss. She's one of my favorite humans. I represent her, and I certainly don't want to be an embarrassment to her. Of course, my work is an expression of love for her. It's also an expression of love to my coworkers, my clients, my community, my church, my clan, with a C. But first, last and always, I work for God. He's the one who made me and saved me. He gave me the capacity and desire to work and continues to give me those. This isn't only paid work. We can do chores to the glory of God, mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, making dinner. My friend Jeff is fond of citing Brother Lawrence. His fellow monks would come to watch him wash dishes because the presence of God was so strong then. Can you imagine? This is how Paul can reasonably assert we can even eat and drink as forms of worship. There is no sacred secular divide. The curtain was torn and the spirit of God seeped into our real lives. We can't be whole people if we check God at the door. Who he is will flow out of us if it's flowed into us. I think sometimes God stirs up restlessness because he has different for us, because we're not living out of our calling. But I think often we think we need other to be truly fulfilled, and no task can accomplish that. Meaningful work is a term I'm guilty of using to refer to certain kinds of jobs that are obviously holier and better and funner. If you've ever had a good customer service experience at a restaurant, at a store, at a bank, at a mechanic, you know that's not true. Those may not be the places you want to work or even the places you're supposed to work, but that doesn't mean they're inherently inferior. God owns this whole world and he's in the habit of showing up where he's least expected. Keller distinguishes vocation from occupation. We do not work simply to stay busy because we have so much time that we need to fill. We work because we are called by God and we work to serve. 
Often, when we are fixated on ourselves and our own satisfaction, work is drudgery. It's not about us. It's not designed to be self-serving. It can be good for us, but the point of work is not to be happy any more than the point of marriage is to be happy or the point of life is to be happy for that matter. When my friend Joyce made her testimony into a pamphlet, she titled it, Happiness is a Byproduct. As C.S. Lewis might say, you can't find happiness by looking for it. Finally, while he does not provide an extensive list, Keller does recognize that certain professions are incompatible with Christ. He makes a point of emphasizing that our work should benefit the public. I would guess Keller considers himself a capitalist with a seatbelt, to paraphrase J.D. Greer. When capitalism is reduced to profit over everything, when maximizing shareholders' returns is the prime directive, everyone suffers. This is exploitative and unsustainable, not only environmentally, but physically and socially and spiritually. Keller shares examples of entrepreneurs doing the opposite, seeing the need and leveraging their creative compassion to address it. One man saw fruit spoiling because of the lack of refrigeration and started a preserve business. A couple saw the need to find consistent work for students with disabilities and initiated a program to equip and place them after graduation. Lord, I thank you for the institution of work. I thank you that you have not designed us to pursue our own fulfillment, our own um, satisfaction that we are not able to satisfy ourselves. Lord, I thank you that you have designed us to be in relationship with you and with each other. And I thank you that work is a way that we can accomplish that. Lord, I know that we all have different kinds of jobs. Some are more interactive and some are less. Um, you know, some can be very repetitive and rote and they can just feel so detached from the whole process and others you know, can be in management or they can be creative or whatever. There's so much variety in the kinds of work that exist. Um, Lord, but I, just, I pray that you would guide us to the work that um, is necessary and that is good. And I pray that, you know, again, that it's not the work itself that we find our meaning in. I pray that you'd help us to honor you in the way that we um, work, in the way that we, um, you know, behave the way that we live um you know i pray that work wouldn't be this thing where we have to put on this mask of professionalism and cease to be who we are in every other aspect of our lives but i pray that that would seamlessly blend um that we wouldn't be these two-faced people um but that we would be whole people of god that we would um carry light not our light but your light right your truth the only truth into the marketplace that we would be um living such good lives among the pagans that they see and they glorify you that they want in on it lord that um but again just that we wouldn't be despairing where we are that we wouldn't be caught up in trying to um i don't know trying to validate ourselves trying to um be materialists and keeping up with the joneses and um I don't know, even for good reasons, that we wouldn't become workaholics, but we also wouldn't be lazy, that we wouldn't just be um, looking for ways out of things, afraid to work hard, afraid of change and transition and learning, um, afraid of the new, afraid of the different. 
Lord, this world is constantly changing. And if we don't adapt, then we will um, suffer for it. So I pray that you would um, help us to discern what is the kind of change that is necessary and what is the kind of change that is harmful and destructive. Where do we need to plant our feet and where do we need to be ready um, you know, to move at a moment's notice, right? Like to eat unleavened bread and just be ready to drop, you know, when you when you command it, Lord. But I pray more than anything that we wouldn't be um, worshiping our work, but that our work would be a form of worship, that we remember the reason for our work and that we would um, be loving you and loving one another through, through work, um, whatever kind of work it is that you have given us to do in this time. We thank you that you provide for our our needs and that you are such an extra God that you provide for a lot of our wants as well. We thank you for taking care of each of us and we pray that you would um, continue to help us to live patiently, faithfully, expectantly, and joyfully.